It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back to Footy Fallout on a Sunday night. Big winners today, of course, being Collingwood, a significant win over GWS and Adelaide over St Kilda. But let's turn our attention to maybe next week and maybe next year. And I talk of some of the prospects coming through the ranks and, of course, through the AFL Academy and uh, in charge of the AFL Academy is Tarkin Lockyer, a name synonymous to the AFL. Uh, Tarkin, appreciate your time and uh, thanks for joining us on Footy Fallout. No, nah, no worries, Tim. Thanks for having me, mate. Uh, obviously, uh, well, first one. Let's let's get the let's let the cream get out the way. Collingwood, top of the ladder tonight. <laughs> now they played really well. They're they're um, pretty exciting to watch at the moment. The Pies they're playing a great brand of footy. Obviously, the uh, the defence and the pressure on the ball is amazing. They look like they're playing with so much freedom in offence. So um, yeah, no. Nah. Really good to really good to watch, and, and clearly when they're sitting at the top of the ladder, um, jump pretty well. I made a pretty bold statement on social media, as I'm prone to do, and also at the start of the show, and suggest that Mason Cox is starting to put himself up as one of the key big men of the competition, just shy of 100 games, but his significant impact on today's game was uh, Brownlow-esque-like, uh, three votes somewhere <laughs> along the line. It, it put Nick Dacos in the shade. Uh, yeah, he uh, he did really well, Mason. He's, he's obviously... You know, on on a on his own sort of journey, and I think he's actually nearing a hundred games, mm-hmm. hundred games now. So he's got a fair bit of experience behind him. Um, but yeah, watching today's game, particularly his first half, I thought he uh, he impacted the game really well. So um, look, he like all of the players, you know, winning winning's um, fantastic, and for him to have the confidence at the moment that it looks like he's playing with. Um, doing some significant stuff around the ground, which is fantastic. All righty, let's get into what we've got you on for. Tark and Lockyer, our guests, the AFL Academy. A four-point win over Carlton and their VFL, VFL side, so the Blues seconds. And it was a team that's made up of names that we know in the AFL system. Lockie O'Brien, Lockie Fogarty, Jack Martin, Ben Ronkick for Jack Carroll. But you got the job done. You had a win. You must have been very pleased. One for the win, <laughs> not that it really matters too much, but also just for some of the boys to get some experience against bigger bodies and bigger men and blokes with AFL experience. Yeah, no, it was it was terrific. And the, for the players to go out and play the way they did, um, a really unselfish brand of footy, but the contest the contest itself was was really good and um, we, we're really appreciative of the Carlton Footy Club and um, giving us the opportunity to play against their VFL team. Um, I thought the I thought the the game itself it was it was terrific to have as you as you mentioned you know um, up to ten sort of AFL experienced players playing in the game and for our boys the way they acquitted themselves we we played as, as a party gather around a couple of weeks ago and played against Port Adelaide's Sandful team and uh, and got beaten by a couple of goals in that game but the learning that we took from that. Um, and then some of the strategies to implement into this game and the learnings that we took was um, for the players to come out and actually um, show some improvement and connect a little bit better together after you know one performance uh, was terrific. So to get the win, I think, is is good. But really for us, it's about um, trying to prepare them for, for AFL footy and the, the learnings that they'll take away from that are, are gold. Very much so. So there's a few elements to this, and we're talking about the AFL Academy. What blokes are eligible to play in this game? Are they only blokes who can be drafted next year or do you, or do you run a bit younger than that as well? Uh, all, of the, all of the players uh, in our AFL Academy squad this year are, are draft eligible this year. 
Um, so we actually had thirty. We had thirty players, and all of them, all of them were were available. None, none injured. So trying to manage the the rotations of the bench was quite a challenge. I'm sure it's hard enough with twenty two, let alone thirty. <laughs> uh, but the unselfish nature of the way that the players played the game was was terrific. So we knew we were going to have a, a, have some pretty fresh legs. Um, but they they shared the load really well, and I think for the players, uh, they really bonded bonded well together. This was our third a third time of having the players together. Um, and as I said, it was our second game. But for them to come together in a really short um, space of time was terrific to see, and I think they'll um, they'll remember the experience for a long time. Uh, 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 take this for what it's worth. What was the song, mate? What song do you sing after a win? <laughs> they actually sung the national anthem, which was uh, which was quite interesting. They they were up and about. The the energy in the in the change rooms after the game was um, it was quite electric, actually. But the the gusto in which the Australian anthem was sung—I've uh, never heard it sort of sung like that. But the uh, it was a pretty cool rendition. That is really cool to know. That is absolutely fantastic. Hey, mate, a bit to come out of the game now. Next weekend, Hawthorne takes on West Coast, and it, whether we say this, and you know where this is going, they're all saying this could be the Harley Reid Cup, and whoever loses gets their <laughs> first dibs on him. I want to ask him about you about him and your involvement with him and what you've noticed. But more importantly, how's he feeling? Have you checked in on him today? He got a bit of concussion yesterday, though, I'm told. Yeah, look, Harley, Harley copped a little bit of a head knock. Uh, I think midway through the third quarter of yesterday's game, and really fortunate for us and and for Harley and his family, uh, our medical our medical staff and our wellbeing team did a did an amazing job in supporting him and and the family. Uh, so they were down in the rooms really quickly after the incident. Uh, Harley Harley was fine. He ended up coming back out onto the bench, copped a bit of a knock to the to the jaw, but he'll um, he'll go into the concussion protocols like any other player. Um, and we'll be well supported with that. Um, but yeah, the, the support that we put around him was was terrific, and certainly for the family, I'm sure they will put at ease. Um, oh, I spoke to him today, and he's feeling really good. He was obviously, um, you know, took it pretty easy last night. He actually went home. He he left camp and went back home with his family, so um, he was in a in a really good place. But um, unfortunate for him, he's he uh, he was playing a, a, a great game. He's obviously put put together a pretty good uh, front half of the year. Um, and there's a lot of hype about Harley, but he's um, he's going really well. We're really pleased with where he's at at the moment. So, so far out from the draft, and his name just keeps popping up, he is a standout, he's a man amongst boys, and I get all that. You know him, you, you feel for him, you talk to him, you're connected to him. How does he deal with this? And is he does he deal with the notoriety well? Do you think he's got level? he's got a level head on his shoulders? How is Who's around him to suggest, mate, focus – uh, there's a lot of water to go under the bridge, or do you think it's a fait accompli? He'll go one. Oh, look, Harley's um, Harley's a really a really down to earth kid. Um, he's from a, a small country town uh, called Tongala, um, and so he what he, what he has to do to travel to Bendigo to to perform every week is a real credit to him and his family. Um, but as as such, he he's a really humble. A really humble young man, um, really respectful, and and also really mindful that he he's on a journey like every other player. He's he's un, under no illusion. Like he's doing some really cool really cool things, but he's he's still got a long way to go before he's ready for AFL AFL footy. And we know that um, every player that participates, you know, in the in the talent pathway, the gap between underage football and and what the AFL is asking, there's a significant gap. Uh, so he's he's working towards that, and the the beauty of it is. Uh, between Bendigo Pioneers, between Big Country and, and myself, all of the coaches, we're all on the same page, we're all talking, and Harley's really buying in that we've, we've got the same message for him all the time. So uh, 
he's uh, he's really clear on where he's at, and we're really comfortable where he's at. Uh, but he knows he's still got work to go. So um, we feel like he's in a in a really good place, and certainly he's building a um, a really good campaign. Tuck and Lockyer, our guest on Footy Fallout on the SEN Network. Is it unfair to compare him to anybody? And if you can compare him, I mean, I I read, but I don't really absorb that stuff. But you're at the you're, you're at the connection with him. <laughs> the way he goes about it, someone similar age that you may have seen in the past. Oh, look, it, it, the, what what the footy fans uh, want to hear and what the what the public want to hear are the are the comparisons. Um, but for Harley, he's he is unique. He's he's his own he's his own man. Um, and some of the, some of the traits that you see, you see some of the power, you see some of the speed, and you see some of the contest work that he does. You can compare that to to some of the really great players around the competition. Um, but what he does is is a little bit different. Like he's his own he's his own unique sort of personality. So uh, he will be different. But wherever it wherever he's lucky to sort of end up, um, I'm sure he's going to acquit himself really well. He's a great he's a great kid. He was really fortunate over the last. Funnily enough, he actually played VFL football over the last two weeks with Carlton. Yeah. So, um, which was a bit, a little bit strange. So he's gone from from teammates to enemies, I suppose. Um, but the the way he was able able to assimilate into their program and, and be welcomed in, um, he he fitted in seamlessly. So he'll um, wherever he ends up, he's going to fit in really well. I think. Last couple for you, and we appreciate it. So, uh, do you think he could live in WA? It's a long way from Bendigo, and where is it? Where is it? Tongaronga or Tangaroo? Where, where Tong, is it? Tongala. 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 It's a long way from Tongala. It is. It is. Um, <laughs> look, it, I'm sure he'll fit in anywhere. And there's no, um, there's actually no, there's no guarantees on a whether he's going to be the number one pick. Um, and B, who's going to have it? So we saw, obviously, we saw last year with um, Aaron Cadman and GWS that they didn't necessarily hold the hold the first pick of the draft uh, at the end of the season, but they ended up with a with a pick after trading and what and whatnot. So um, who knows? This the, the sort of trade period and everything that goes on before the draft is quite interesting, and, and particularly given the fact that Tassie um, have been granted a, a license. Mm. So it's going to be amazing to see what the clubs are going to do to try and position themselves over the next couple of years. Very true, and that's my question. Before I get on to another boy by the name of Jake Rogers, who was one of the standouts in yesterday's game, I want to ask you about that. You've got a job for life now at the academy because Tassie coming in, <laughs> this is this is a 15-year role you've got now, presenting players coming through the academy to enter predominantly in a funnel right through to Tassie. You must be excited. Oh, I'm really excited. And every year... Uh, like year on year, so we sort of feel, and and in the talent and in the national group particularly, an eye on not just this year's crop, um, but also you know what do the next couple of years look like for us? And I'm really fortunate. I work across both boys and girls programs, and the the talent that's coming through the under 16 programs and the bottom age players this year in particular, it's really exciting for the future. And and obviously with the announcement around Tasmania. Um, there's going to be a lot of a lot of opportunities and more opportunities for young for young players to get onto an AFL list. Um, so our our job now we've got to get to work. We've got to make sure that they're ready. So um, it's, it's great to have those picks, but we've got to um, got to make sure that the players are um, ready for AFL footy. Tell us about Jake Rogers in a nutshell. Yesterday, 26 disposals, four clearances, described as a dominant midfield, showing he won the academy medal with the best player in the game. Tell us a bit about Jake Rogers. Yeah, Jake Rogers is a, a young young fella from the Gold Coast Sun, um, part of the Gold Coast Academy. So they, they get priority access to to Jake, uh, along with another, another couple of players in our academy as well, with Ethan Reed and um, and Jed Walter as well, who are both um, really highly rated prospects. So Gold Coast has got some some good problems to have at the moment. They've mm-hmm. got three uh, likely really high end draft picks. So 
it'll be interesting to see how they um, how they manage their draft points or picks and all that sort of stuff to see where they can match bids. Hopefully, I saw them play West Coast the other night. They were very good. Uh, the Gold Coast Suns, and you know, without Took Miller and a couple of others, they're tracking in the right direction. I've got a feeling. Hey, before I let you go, Tarkin Lockyer has been our guest from the AFL Academy. Um, in, what do you do now with the academy? How when do you play again? When do you get a chance to to mix it with some uh, bigger teams like another VFL team? <laughs> So, uh, funnily enough, that's the last time that we'll have this group together wow. uh, as a whole. Um, and the reason that we do that is sort of front-end front end a lot of the contact points with the players so they can, as I said, take the learnings and the education experience away with them. So they'll fall back into their state programs now. Uh, we've got national championships coming up over the next um, weeks and months. Uh, but their academy experience doesn't, uh, doesn't end. Uh, what, we, what we continue to do is support the players, keep trying to educate them and um, whatever whatever they need back in their state programs will continue to support them in um, in preparation for this year's combine and draft. Thanks for taking time out to speak to us on SEN and, and uh, footy fallout on a Sunday night, Mother's Day night, at the end of a, a busy weekend of footy, mate. And I'm sure by the end of it and by the time the draft comes around, you might be sick and tired of about talking about Harley Reid. <laughs> no, no worries, Tim. Thanks so much for There's Dark and Lockie joining us from the AFL Academy. This is Footy Fallout. What are your thoughts? Give us a call on Harley Reid or anyone else on Footy Fallout on a Sunday night.